gives me great pleasure to uh, welcome to the stage the film star, Sandra Huller, and director, Marin Addy. I want to start by asking actually about the, the very end of the, the film. The conventional place to stop this story yeah. would be either with the hug Hugging. of reconciliation <laughs> in Bucharest or, or with, uh, with Ines still wearing the hat and still wearing the teeth and having got in touch with her humorous side again. But the film stays with her just that few seconds longer so we can see that things haven't been tied up quite as neatly as we might hope them to be. Um, Sandra, when you're piecing the character together, what was it? I mean, why do you think it's important to stay with her for that bit longer? What more do we, we learn about her in those closing moments? I think we both agreed that there's no such thing as a quick transformation of people. We don't believe in that. It's hard work if you want to do it, if you really want. I think uh, Ines doesn't feel any urge to change, first of all. Uh, I think she feels all right with what she's doing and what she is, and she's just going on with it. I think they had a beautiful moment of closeness together, and I think they maybe really looked into each other. But um, that doesn't mean everybody becomes another person through this. That's, we don't believe that. That's too romantic for us. It's a perfect answer. <laughs> Thank <laughs> no, you. Marin, when you're writing these two characters, yeah. how do you keep the sympathies, the audience's sympathies, in flux so deftly between them? Because between the two? I, I, again, you know, you can imagine a much more mainstream version of this film, yeah. where the dad would be the guy who's in the right, and he has to bring his daughter back onto the true back path. On the, I mean, he, he's not on the right uh, track himself, I think so. Um, but um, I, for me, it's not that I... So first of all, I mean, this that's a question you, you in discussions about a script. Um, you're often asked this. Um, yeah, is the main character really sympathetic, or like, or who do we sympathize with? So, the moment in a script, there's this feeling, ah, oh, we lose, uh, we lose this. Everybody gets a bit uh, nervous sometimes, and I think um, I like very much when characters are, um, yeah, are complicated or hard to identify, hard to like, or when they have like, um, yeah, when they are. Um, struggling with something or yeah when they are doing things that we uh, wouldn't do maybe but we identify with them because they are like that and so actually I, I didn't the, the thing like um, I always try with every scene to uh, to see it from both angles or let's say from every perspective perspective of each character so also the side characters um, are important to me and and actually, I try to leave it open enough for everybody to decide on which side he's maybe more or to like have enough space in the middle to, to be there himself, like to, to go for a walk in, in the film. And yeah, that's it. I mean, it's constructed in the script that he takes over. Uh, that I, I was a bit afraid because with my last film, it was also a couple and they're on holidays. And I, the film started with her, and that's something I read somewhere in a, one of the I just I didn't read so many, but one of the script books that I read that if the person you start the film with will always be the main character, you cannot do anything about it. And so with that, I was really happy that she it's also that she takes for me she takes over the film in the middle because it becomes her story, and um, yeah, that was something 
that was something I tried. And I think it also works because he, yeah, he's like also a bit hiding or in that Tony Erdmann. So he's like, he also disappears. Well, there's that wonderful moment in the, the rooftop bar. Yeah. Um, just at the end of what I kind of think of as the, the film's first act, where you almost forget that Winfried is even a main character in it because we've gone so far down Ines's story yeah. uh, with what she's been doing in Bucharest and how her employment is going. Yeah. And then he suddenly spins around and you're reminded that not only is he a key part of this film, but he's yeah. also about to just send the whole thing spiralling out of control. Yeah. Um, Sandra, I want to ask you about your working relationship with Peter Simonischek. I mean, had you worked with him before or how did you build up this incredible father-daughter rapport that you have on screen because it's so intricate and there's, there's so many uh, different parts of that relationship that are suggested just in <coughs> tiny little moments of drama like the, the, the embrace where he leaves some of his school makeup on your character's blazer and he's still <laughs> agonising over that months later and looking at it and thinking this is, this yeah, is exactly the kind true. of thing that I would do. Um, um, I don't know. I think Maren chose the both of us because the chemistry between us was already there. I was playing theater with uh, his oldest son, so it was kind of a family feeling when we met. I didn't meet him before. And I felt in a strange way, I felt close to him because I knew his son. So that's one thing. So it's a bit of, it's got nothing to do with our work actually. And then I think it's important to always, I don't know, look at each other and to always watch the other person play. That's like, if I stop being interested in what he's doing, then the whole thing doesn't work, you know. As, as an actress, I mean, Ines doesn't care, you know, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't know, Maren always told us that, yeah, we, we, uh, we had to be careful that we don't lose the connection in between because, of course, when, when Tony is coming in like for the, the 13th time or something, <laughs> I, of course, I, probably I can assume what's going to happen, but we had to be <laughs> uh, like unprepared every time. And that's, uh, I'm really thankful for this, uh, for, for, for being reminded all the time, yeah. Marion, can I ask you about yeah. the casting as well? What was it about Sandra and Peter that you just thought um, went together so well? I think, so with Peter, it was, I, I, I believe very much in, in casting first. So I, I did casting for every um, role um, because I think it's for both sides really important to, to see if you can work together. But also, like, it's, it's so much work is done when you have, like, the right perfect constellation of, of two of two actors, so, um, and with Peter, I also had to, I mean, I had to find not only Winfried, but also Tony, and so um, it was, we had a lot of wigs and jackets and teeth there, and every Winfried would have been a different Tony, and I found out that it's, um, not everybody can be a, a believable Tony. I mean, you cannot put a wig and teeth on everyone. So they did, uh, and with Peter, that was not the reason, but his, his Tony version was really very, very, very good, very funny. He and was dangerous also. I remember yeah. that he was really a dangerous person that you would feel like, I was really scared of him at times. When he's like, when, when Peter was acting yeah. as Tony, he was a bit like a mix between Elvis or some serial killer. I have no <laughs> yeah, idea. Yeah, 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 so yeah. it was really, really changed his voice. But you could believe it all the time. It was really a great... Um, yeah. yeah, no, that's Sorry. true. No, 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 that's, that's, he was very... Uh, and But Winfried is also something he... 
I think Peter is in the middle between these two characters. And also Winfried was a transformation for him to do, like the hair, we changed a lot of him. He's a very impressive uh, person if you meet him. And this Winfried who's so defensive and at a certain, yeah. So, so this was something, and, and with Sandra, I, I, I thought, yeah, it, it's not so difficult. It's not so easy to play that, uh, that role like without, so on one side, Ines has this strong facade and on the other side, you still had, it was necessary to have a connection to how she feels and to make it, yeah, to make it, to fill it up with feelings from inside. So you, you could still see through to her and um, this is what I liked and she's a good actress. <laughs> it's amazing that even just within that story of a father and daughter, it, there's so much in terms of the context of this story, you have Ines going out to uh, Central Europe and, and, and making a new career for herself there. And this is, I gather this is something that it is a generational split in Germany and that you do have people of uh, Winfried's generation who, who represent a certain type of Germanness, and then people of Ines's generation who are going off to do other things in different also places. Also German, yeah. very German. But, um, but, but German in a different way. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So Sandra, what was your experience of um, that, that kind of that generation of let's go, you know, let's go eastwards, let's go to places like Bucharest and let's make a fortune there. Had you um, any experience of, of, of that previously before working on the character? No, I'm so sorry. I never met anybody who went abroad. No, I have no idea. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have no idea. But it's, it seems to happen, yeah, a, a lot, but I, I don't know. I'm sorry. How did you, did you talk we to met, anyone who yeah. has? I'm oh, sorry. But we met, uh, um, to prepare for the role, we met someone that, uh, I mean, I did a lot of research for the for Ines's role because, I mean, I didn't, I understood nothing. And I, it really started also with a wish to like, um, see what those uh, people of my generation are doing that are like a bit like, were like a bit the enemy to me. So I thought like, yeah, let's meet them and see, because I was suspicious and, and I don't know. So I, and I was looking for the right job for the character. I was not sure, like, I met different, and, and also how it feels to be a woman in that business world. And so I met a lot of people, and this picture, like, that I had dissolved, because it's like with every enemy, when you come close and you understand it, it's, it becomes interesting what they do. And, um, yeah, and you, you realize that you yourself are also full of cliches. But, um, yeah, and there we, we met one one woman finally because I had to find a project that is like interesting enough for a film, but not too complicated, not too complicated, and that you could like visualize because, it, I mean, with these normally they work on their laptop and so and that was really the most like this scene when she's doing the presentation was really the most of the work of this whole film. I have the feeling because it took me so long to. Yeah, to uh, uh, to write that, and um, and there we met a woman um, that we uh, met several times, and she uh, did a job very close to what Ines is doing, and um, yeah, so this is something we arranged to like, um, so you could see maybe how it is. Or There's a particular line in the film where um, Ines's co-worker talks about and, and, and boyfriend talks about her not losing her bite. But yeah, as, as you see in the film, there's, there's, you, know, you have to um, 
in, in, in the context of the love scene, uh, she has to not lose her bite as a professional woman. It's so nice that you say love scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the scene where you do something interesting with French fancies. I mean, yeah. uh, but it, it, it's intriguing to me that it's, it's in those moments, and you know, where um, Ines' character is in a sexual context, that she is able to find her humour in the same way as you know, the, her, her own personal Tony Erdman side starts to to shine through. And also, of course, in The Naked Party, which we can't not do this, you know, we can't not mention in this Q&A, which is just a, a phenomenal scene. I, I wonder if, did you feel that having a, a female director gave those scenes a different slant at all than they, they might have been to, to film the same sort of instant with a, with a male director? Uh, I think definitely, yeah. I, th I don't think that, I can't imagine I can't imagine a male director doing it. With this, no, I, I couldn't, no. Sorry. <laughs> no, definitely, because there were so many things that we didn't need to talk about because they were clear between us as women. I don't know. Yeah, I maybe. <laughs> well, look, from a personal point of view, I think the, um, yeah. the nude party scene yeah. where Ines's <laughs> boss arrives and has that little shared look, I mean, we spoke about this earlier, yeah, actually, yeah. With, with Ines's personal assistant. Yeah, when he expected maybe it's a sexual Yeah, hope, right. Still his last hope. No male director would, that, year, would I don't yeah. think, acknowledge that sort of pathetic little spark of hope that he has. Um, and no? I, you know, no, I don't think they would do. Ah. <laughs> it would just happen. It would just be a yeah, sexual, yeah, maybe so. a sexual <laughs> party. That's true. Yeah. Um, I think it's rare, I don't know, maybe it's because of my, I can't compare because I've never done anything like this before with men. Um, the, the great thing about it was that it was a completely unsexual nakedness and that's, I think that you don't see that very often because no people undress, they have sex or something, uh, which is fine, but you know, it was a great experience <laughs> to do like the opposite, like do nothing with it, you know, just be, just forget about it that you are, just act as if, maybe I am now, I, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, you know, something like this, that just to kind of go over the fact that something is probably wrong here. Yeah, that was an interesting experience. Let's open this to questions from the floor. I wanted to know how Sandra kept a straight face in a lot of the scenes, because especially up until the end where she starts to crack a little bit and show her funny side, you're, I don't know how many takes you had to do to keep that straight face, because it's remarkable. Yeah, I mean, it was hard she for her. It was either. not allowed to 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 uh, get out of character, so that was something. It was. True. I mean, we we arranged. You, she said to me before shooting, "Please allow me to laugh sometimes." That, this I remember, and I was, and I think it often happens when actors like in the scene when something becomes too funny or too intense, it often happens when the take is really, really good. So it's something that I knew from the previous film and I'm very afraid of it because that's really the worst thing when you sit there and you think, yes, and then someone is doing this. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, we... Yeah, you tried not to, but sometimes... I tried not to, but it was really necessary at some times because, you know, the days were long, the nerves were really, you know, everybody was tense at some point. So it's important to let this all go. Uh, uh, but also, yeah, of course it was funny when the door opens and the boss is standing there. <laughs> but there, it was nice. I mean, there, there we we decided that it's allowed. I, it's, you yeah, know what yeah. we said? We said that you're, you, you tr should try to laugh as, as Ines if you have to laugh. I mean... 
Yeah, I remember Would that. I, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah you did that. No. Yeah, okay. It's Ines doing like, <laughs> a little bit, you're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. I think there is that moment in that yeah. scene where she feels everything is suddenly snowballing yeah, out of control yeah, 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 and she yeah. kind of likes it in the moment yeah, yeah. and she gives a look to it, almost like she's chewing things over to herself as she yeah. turns to answer the door yet again yeah how much more wrong can this go yeah exactly that seems <laughs> all like right it's, it's, it's right. right she's getting a naked party she didn't want that so <laughs> it's a present <laughs> um what i'm interested in that how what was the genesis of the film the first time you thought I'm going to make a film. What was the first thing or image that started building around it? Um, so, I mean, the, the very, very beginning of, of, yeah, of this film was, it was father-daughter, was a thing I was interested. And um, it was always this um, prankster father or jokey, joker star. And, um, and my, fa my own father is a little bit like that. I, he did for a while the the thing with the fake teeth. <laughs> so um, that's something that I, he, I, I gave him, I was, uh, was, it's long, 20 years ago when I was at, uh, working as a volunteer on the premiere of the first Austin Powers in Germany. <laughs> and they, as a giveaway, they, they, was, they gave these fake teeth, that, some fake teeth, and I gave them to my father <laughs> and because I thought he could need them maybe because he liked those <laughs> things. And, then he was like, yeah, he started to, um, yeah, you know, when the waiter comes or when he wanted to tell us something really serious. And I always liked this little, this wish for this little, he only stayed like in character just some seconds. And um, I liked this thing that he's, um, yeah, this trying to become someone else for a little, a little moment. And... Um, that was one thing, and then, yeah, this, this constellation that the father is visiting his daughter who lives abroad and tries to come closer to her and transforms into someone closer to her world, that was like the, uh, the, the thesis I had for this, this film. So th this, <laughs> that was there in the beginning, and also, like, from the topic, I was interested in those family structures, like um, all the, the roles, every. So people achieve in a family over the years that are so hard to escape or where do they come from no matter yeah you have those roles no matter if you like or not like this ritualized um, lifelong heavy thing that a family can sometimes be and then on the contrary having a very fresh and funny new adventure of two people that actually know each other so there were things involved that I thought about for longer, I had the feeling. And, um, and, and then there was another good uh, thing that I, I did a research and I really liked this guy, Andy Kaufman. You know, you know him, yeah? He's like, he had like um, several alter egos, but one was Tony Clifton. It was a, Tony Clifton was like a very over the top Las Vegas bar singer. And Kaufman was very radical. It was in the 70s, and Kaufman was very... It's the guy where Man on the Moon is. Um, he's the guy from Man on the Moon. And he he's really stayed in character. Andy Kaufman... Uh, Tony Clifton had an own agent. Uh, he, Kaufman always denied that he's that guy. And um, so um, this was something I found 
was important for the project and um, the opening scene. The opening like scene. Ah, that's a, yeah, yeah. The opening <laughs> scene is like, I mean that it, it's written in the script, but it's not written. I think that it's not written in the script that the door is there for so long, and we had that location, and I thought, it's such a horrible door. What do I do with that door? And then I, I think that it's, I don't know if it's five easy pieces or some film where it also starts with a door. I don't know anymore. So I thought, yeah, but a door, because we already had shot the, the rest of the film, the German part I was shooting at the end, and I already had a feeling for doors because there are a lot of doors, like with the naked party, it's always this, it's like Boulevard Theater. I mean, it's like Ding Dong and the door. So they was aware of doors. And so I, I thought, um, and I liked it. I tried it. it. It's even longer. And actually, I thought about, ah, maybe we put the title there, which was not good. And, um, and I liked that it's like this, yeah, you, you, you experience him from outside. It's, it's the first time and last time that you, yeah, that you see how, how it feels to meet that guy without, before you get to know him better. So like, and I also think it's a bit a filmmaker joke to start with that door. It's the worst, it's a horrible <laughs> picture. I mean, or like I found in, in Cannes when we were there and this was this red carpet and then we went in <gasps> and this was like <laughs> this full theater and then it's like, Du, 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 du. Comes this door. I was really like sitting there and said, "Okay, let's now let's go, let's start this film yeah, with this door." No, I, I th that was something when I really, yeah, this contrast I like. Not that I didn't, not that I thought of a big festival like that, but I like that it's, yeah, maybe me putting that door. My nothing. only joke. I had the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that I had uh, such a great time and was so moved. Um, oh, thank you. Really. And I, I also wanted to know uh, whether there were any moments, like m moments on set, um, where something like magical happened in the film that won in the script, something that came up in shooting. <laughs> no, that's came in, that, that ended up in the film, something yeah. I didn't expect. Exactly. I mean, the, the version of the singing is a... Is some, we worked on that, yeah, but it's a result of our work, but still it was, it was a, a thing that it's like that. I mean, it's like we were both very unhappy with, with what we did before and we, it was a horrible shooting day and then, yeah, we talked about it and tried and more. She, she, she made a version once when rehearsing that she called Las Vegas and I reminded her of that Vegas and I don't know, that was it, and the rest she did, and so it's like, yeah, that was a, what, that was for me a, a very big moment, but yeah. then afterwards I thought it might be too much, maybe. No, so definitely not. I had to go and ask, do it the same, but a bit less, that's really not nice to do. Mm -hmm. And what else? You know, the thing, one thing, it didn't end in the film, but it, what I found really magical was working with the, with the Kuka, with that, and outside, because oh, yeah. there were no the more park. actors this in, is, this involved. This is the big hairy beast. The, the furry thing. <clears throat> the, 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 the large hairy monster at the, the end. Yeah, the hairy monster. It's like, and we, 
we shot a lot, like a long way back to his hotel and the city was crowded, the sun went down and nobody looked into the camera. People <laughs> were so fascinated by that thing that I got so beautiful things um, and everybody touched it and was like, it was really like, um, that was very nice. And there then we met another, there was this other thing. It was a, how would you call it? A, a bird. A, a big a, bird. Like a parrot. Like a guy in a parrot costume suddenly yeah. appeared in the shot. So there yeah. was the, the cooker and then a parrot walked in. That <laughs> <laughs> and, like, like that. and nobody knew where that came from. Really, that was he, was, he was handing out uh, some yeah, advertising I saw later. And yeah. so they hugged. It was very they nice hugged, because yeah. they reacted both so perfect. Shaking the bird was hands. running away. Yeah, he was like doing, they were like playing a bit together and then they were shaking hands and... <laughs> but there was something, yeah, then you decided this is, nobody's going to believe that this, this happened. Really. Yeah, it's, it up, it's, so it's too much of an idea. End yeah. up. I've, I've got one more thing I want to ask. And it kind of picks up on, on what you said earlier about the universality of, of, of the film. I mean, comedy is so split up by country, you know, in, in the UK we find British stuff funny in America. They find American stuff funny. Everybody likes, finds funny what he's, uh, every nation I found out. Because every country they ask me, a bit with the attitude, we are funny, but Germans? Or like, it's like, it's always like. But why is it that you think that what's, yeah. what's in this film, I mean, is it typical of German humour? what we've seen today, or? It's no. not funny, that's, no, it's, it's, it's a, <laughs> No, we didn't try to be, I think that's the thing. Nobody tried to be funny, as, except Winfried as Tony. We really try to... And he's also not, he, he tries to be funny sometimes, but he's, he always, I, I, we, it, I think it, it's always, needs a good reason for, because in real life there's always a reason for a joke. Uh, another than the own than just doing a joke or something. So, and it's complicated why you uh, uh, why you do this. It's like a whole language, this humor thing. There are a lot of you can hide behind it, or you actually or want to attack someone, or like it's always some different things involved. And while doing it, we didn't take care so much about that comedy thing. It was like. When I wrote it, I thought about it, and it was a pleasure to have this Tony who like opened this door to my fantasy because I could let very unlikely things happen. But um, yeah, but in the end, when working on it on set, it was really a lot of work, like at taking it very serious, the needs and the desperation of the characters, and so. And maybe it's funny because they are so desperate. Because they fail all the time. That's probably the beginning of humor, or, or at least of slapstick, that something goes wrong, actually. Yeah. Maybe that's the... But we don't know. Yeah. I don't and know funny not, people, you know. That's I don't German know again, this serious thing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> serious side under, I know. Okay, well, on that note, that is all we've got time for, unfortunately. Okay. Sandra Good. and I, thank you very thank much you. indeed. Thank you. Thank you.